How's it going today, guys? Once again, I'm back here live in the studio. Another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today is Monday, December 24th, 2018. It is Christmas Eve here, guys. So I just want to go ahead and say Merry Christmas to all my listeners and everyone listening out. I appreciate y'all. It's been a pretty good year. It's about been doing this podcast for about a year, over 100 episodes in, guys. Still haven't quit. I'm not going to. I'm never going to. Y'all are going to be watching me on the big screen, hopefully here in a little while. But, you know, guys, you got to keep it rolling, still making plays. But this is a podcast I was really looking forward to doing today, even before I went to bed last night. I woke up this morning. I was like, dang, I can't wait to do this podcast tomorrow. You know why, guys? It feels good to pat yourself on the back and be right. I'm not talking about predictions. I'm not talking about betting on games. I'm talking about me saying who the best player in the NFL is and it being right, and that is Russell Wilson. I don't know if y'all watched the game last night or not, but he outdueled Patrick Mahomes, the guy who's thrown 48 touchdown passes as a second-year quarterback, a guy who has uh, 114 QB quarterback rating. I mean, a guy who's absolutely blown this this NFL away, second in the league in passing yards. Patrick Mahomes is the real deal, guys. This guy throws passes with his left hands for first downs. I mean, he finds Tyree Kill for an 80-yard touchdown pass pretty much every single time he goes out there and plays. Patty Mahomes is the real deal, guys, and probably will be the best quarterback in this NFL at some point in time. But last night, he was the second-best quarterback playing, and he was outdueled by Russell Wilson. Look, guys, Drew Brees, he hasn't won the MVP yet. To me, a lot of people think it's the Lifetime Achievement Award. He's going to go out here and get it. His team's 13-2 and off a huge win against Pittsburgh that, quite frankly, the referees handed him that that victory. I mean, that that pass interference on Joe Hayden on Kamara was bullshit. That was the, one of the worst calls I've seen in the NFL this season. I mean, that was absolutely awful. That changed the entire game. Now, don't get me wrong, the Steelers could have easily won that game and definitely gave it away to them, but... That was a horrible call and changed a lot of the game. But you don't see Russell Wilson getting calls like that. You don't see him complaining, guys. Russell Wilson, he does all his talking on the field. He doesn't participate on Twitter. You don't see him doing. You don't see him talking like Odell and all them. You don't see him out in Miami partying. All you see is Russell Wilson working and getting better. That's all he does. He keeps his mouth closed and he lets his play do the talking, guys. This Seahawks team, this is a team that most of us wrote off at the beginning of the season. I even wrote him off at the beginning of the season. I said if Russell Wilson got this team to the playoffs, he deserved to win MVP. I said that before the season started. You can go back and listen to that. I said the Seahawks would be horrible this year. I mean, if you look at it, you have the Legion of Boom, probably the most highly coveted defensive unit since probably that Bears team that went to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. I mean, you look at it, Richard Sherman, he leads the team. He says they lost their vision. I mean, you even heard Doug Baldwin in the interview after the game. He said they did lose their vision, but they found it. They needed to wake up and find their team again, and that's exactly what they did. I mean, this team lost so much. They had so many players leave. I mean, you have Earl Thomas, the distraction he was. You have him go down for the season. You have you find out Cam Chancellor, probably the hardest-hitting safety in the NFL. You find out he can't play football anymore. I mean, this team completely fell apart. Michael Bennett gets traded to Philadelphia. You're like, okay, the Seahawks' defense is overdone, but no. Russell Wilson with the fourth worst support, the fourth worst supporting cast in the NFL is going to the playoffs, guys, and he did it off winning. Look, he might not do it the most flashy way. It might not be the most fun to watch, but he still has a 112.7 quarterback rating. I mean, that's off the charts right there. That's one of the best in the entire league. He's thrown for over 3,000 yards, 34 touchdown passes. That's currently third in the NFL, guys. I mean, Russell Wilson, he doesn't talk. All he does is get it done. He's the third best passer rating in the league. Like I said, third in touchdown passes. I mean, he is a, he's a rebuilding offensive line that was beat up even last night, yet he still threw the ball over him. You finally got him a consistent run game, and look what he can do with this team. He's got a defensive coach, zero star power on the team outside of him and Bobby Wagner. I mean, just look what this Seahawks team has done, guys. They completely have overachieved. Be, I mean, they have overachieved beyond imagine. 
And it's all because of Russell Wilson. I mean, if you even go through and look at these games, they lose by three points at Denver. I mean, Denver's arguably top three, four hardest places to play in the NFL. You lose at Chicago. I mean, playing at Chicago, that's also totally top five hardest places to play. It's at the beginning of the season when you still haven't really figured everything out. Then you go back, win back-to-back games. You lose by two points to the Rams. You lose by the Chargers on a game where Wilson did throw a bad interception in the fourth quarter. But, I mean, they had a couple shots in the end zone at the end. Almost pulled that one out. Then you go lose to the Rams again by four, by five points. I mean, lose to the 49ers in overtime. That was just kind of a letdown game. I mean, we've seen teams like the Saints lose to the Buccaneers week one. I mean, Russell Wilson, guys, hasn't been on the bat, the losing side of a blowout all season long. He's only been on the winning side. And Drew Brees lost to the Cowboys. Russell Wilson beat him 24-13. I mean, guys, Russell Wilson is the real deal. All he does is win. He's good at running the ball too. He's run for a, he's punched. Actually, hasn't had a single rushing touchdown this season, but he gets it done on the ground. There's multiple times last night where there's a big third down and Russell Wilson pick up a third down and ten with his legs as he survey and look at the field. He's that dual threat quarterback at the next level that you need. I mean, he does every single thing you need. Anytime you need a big play, he's going to go out. He's going to get it done for you. I don't understand how you can't pick him as your MVP. Just the way he has dominated this season, he truly is the most valuable player to your team. I mean. I value winning, and Russell Wilson has won. It'd be one thing if his team missed the playoffs, the performances he's had, but his team is winning. And look, you can even look at the stats. You can say, well, he threw for 70 yards against Minnesota and threw a horrible interception where he ran around well. He also ran for 61 yards, had a 40-yard run in that game, 8.7 yards per carry in that game. I mean, like I said, guys, it might not be the most beautiful way to get it done. When you have a team like he does, he gets it done. He gets none of the toys. Drew Brees got Alvin Kamara, top three to five running back in the league. He's got Mark Ingram, another top 20 running back in the NFL, probably top 15. He's got Michael Thomas, top five wide receiver in the league, arguably the best wide receiver in the league if you go check those stats. He's got a defense that's playing out of their mind in an unbelievable home field advantage as does Wilson so you can't fault him for that one but I just look at both these teams and compare them the Saints team is a top five team on paper the Seahawks team is a bottom 20 team on paper yet they're going into the playoffs I see no way here that Russell Wilson should not win MVPs elevated his team to the next level Drew Brees' stats aren't that much better than his I mean Wilson has more passing touchdowns than Brees does he's thrown one less interception I mean you can bring up his interception ratio Give me Russell Wilson over Drew Brees all day, any day of the week. I mean, I bet you if you put Russell Wilson on the Saints, I don't think they would have lost a game all season long. You put Russell Wilson on any of these top dog teams, they don't lose a game all season long. He's that good. All this guy does is win. I mean, he's prime time now. He's 17-2 and two as a starting quarterback in the NFL. What more can you ask for than just a pure winner like Russell Wilson? That's all this guy knows how to do is win, win, win. He deserves to be holding the MVP trophy. Willie, I think they'll probably be Drew Brees or Mahomes, but... If I had an MVP vote, this is where my MVP vote goes. He's the most deserving player in the league of winning it. All right, guys, so going back to the Saints, kind of in Drew Brees, we had a huge game played out on Sunday between the Steelers and the Saints. Like I said, this is the biggest game of the Steelers season. We would find out in these two weeks what the Steelers were made up of. And with their backs against the wall, guys, the Steelers played the two best games I've seen them play. Big Ben was unbelievable in this game. 380 yards, three touchdowns. Antonio Brown, 14 catches, 185 yards, two touchdowns, but... What ended up hurting the Steelers? The same thing I've said, it's going to hurt them all season long. They play undisciplined football. Fumbles and penalties killed this team. Now, some of those penalty calls were ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. I really feel like the Saints kind of kind of got handed one here by the refs, guys. I mean, I thought these calls were absolutely atrocious, some of the ones they got, but that's football, and you can't complain about it. Home cooking is going to happen. you got to do what you got to do. The Steelers might be the best team in the NFL to ever sit at home and watch the playoffs. I mean, this team right now, I think they're probably the best 
If they had won this game against the Saints, I would have put them at number one team in the league on my power rankings. The Steelers show up lazy and unmotivated against teams like the Raiders, and that might end up coming back to hurt them. In the big games this year, guys, the Steelers have been unreal. The fact they beat the Patriots, you're like, oh, this is for sure a letdown spot for them against Saints. Nope. They came out motivated. They came out firing on all cylinders. I mean, you look at the Steelers at the Jags. They come back in the game where they're dead in the water versus the Panthers on Thursday night. Whoop them at the Ravens. Beat them. Ravens again earlier in the season. That was when they weren't the same team. Versus the Falcons, whoop them. At the Bengals, beat them. Browns, boom. I mean, this Steelers team, they handled their business when they had to in prime time. I mean, even against the Buccaneers on Monday night at the beginning of the season. It's just these games when they come out lazy and unmotivated is when they don't play well and they let things slip away from them, like the Chargers game, like the Broncos game, games where they're in control the entire time. They just slips away from them in the end or a stupid turnover. And the Steelers played awful on the road this year. They had 17 turnovers on the road this year, and that's probably what could end up keeping them at home. I mean, I don't... I, the Colts are definitely going to beat the Titans, I think. I mean, Mariota's probably out. The Steelers legitimately, guys, could be at home watching the playoffs, which really, really scares me. And they didn't even have James Conner these last two games. A guy who's run for 909 yards on the season. When he started running the ball, they started winning games. Yet, the Steelers still... They pulled it out last week without him. This week, they didn't even run the ball well, and they still couldn't pull it out. I mean, I just, it just baffles me, guys. I mean, this Steelers team is so good. Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown. I mean, I like how Juju's a man and took the blame for it, but at the same time, Juju, you can't let that get you down, man. You got to pick your head up, and you got to keep on playing for the next week, for the next game. And that's what I think Juju will do, guys. But it's just really, it just sucks, man. In fact, the Steelers could be the best team in the NFL, and they could be watching the playoffs at the same spot I'll be watching it, which is from the couch. But that was one of the best games I've seen, guys. The Steelers left everything out on the field. If it wasn't for those two late fumbles, I mean, they would have won this game probably 35-31 to 27-31. I don't know, but the Steelers definitely would have won this game if it wasn't for those fumbles, especially the Steven Ridley one. That one hurt a lot. It kind of reminds me of um, that year back when the Broncos ended up winning the Super Bowl with Manning that last year when they beat the Panthers. The Steelers were down to their third string running back and Fitzgerald Toussaint fumbled when they were running out the clock and they ended up losing the game. It kind of reminds me of something like that, guys. The Steelers are that much better, but turnovers come back and bite them in the ass. Uh, I thought Dallas was very dominant on this Sunday, guys. I mean, they Tampa got a garbage-time touchdown. I thought Dallas played really well. They deserved to be in the playoffs. I mean, our playoff picture is finally coming together here a little bit, guys. Great come-from-behind win by the Colts. I know a lot of people are high on Andrew Luck and them. I mean, the Giants had no business playing with them in that game. Honestly, I'm disappointed in the Colts for letting the Giants play with them that much in that game. That was pathetic. My next big story topic that I want to talk about here is Nick Foles. Nick Foles threw for 471 yards against a nasty Texans defense and four touchdowns. He even got hurt on the last drive and came back in and won the game for him. I don't know, not only want to talk about Nick Foles, but I want to talk about Deshaun Watson too. This was one of the best matchups of two great quarterbacks. The Eagles still have life, guys. I don't know if they'll be able to get in the playoffs or not, but Nick Foles is, was my biggest winner of this entire NFL Sunday. Yes, you'd think it'd be Russell Wilson, as much of a Russell Wilson guy as I am, but no, it is Nick Foles, guys, is my biggest winner here on NFL Sunday. Nick Foles is due a new contract at the end of the year. The Eagles might keep him. They might trade Carson Wentz. I would keep Carson Wentz. I don't think I can trade Nick Foles, but... This guy threw for 471 yards, four touchdowns, and got you the game-winning field goal. This is after he did everything he's supposed to do the entire game, yet you have a key fumble 
by run, by your running back, Josh Adams, and then Deshaun Watson just comes right back, guys, and leads you down the field. Deshaun Watson had 49 yards rushing, two touchdowns rushing, two touchdowns passing, 339 yards through the air. He did nothing but ball out. I mean, this was just a fun game to watch both these quarterbacks go at it. Both guys played an MVP-esque level. Nick Foles in December and January, guys, is a different player. I mean, Andy Reid completely – I mean, Andy Reid brought this guy back when he was in Kansas City. He even said it that Andy Reid kept him from retiring from football. And now look what he's doing, guys. Nick Foles, such a baller. I mean, he's such a, just a good, great story for football. I mean, this Eagles team is playing their best football, which you would have never expected. I know I even rid them off. I said they played their best game. Winston then left it all out on the field, yet they're still trying to play for it. This Eagles team plays their best football with their back against the wall. I guarantee y'all they're going to win again next week. I mean, the Redskins team is pretty beat up. Joshua Johnson played a lot better than I thought he would, guys. A lot better than I thought he would. But still, at the end of the day, guys, I think Nick Foles and the Eagles are going to win this game, and they're going to make it. They're going to make it tough. I mean, there's still a scenario where the Eagles can get into the playoffs. Pretty much what has to happen here at this point, guys. Let me pull up my uh, the playoff standings here for y'all. So, right now, what has to happen in order for the Eagles to get into the playoffs is. The Eagles, so it's the Eagles and the Vikings. The Vikings have to lose this week, and the Eagles have to win. That's pretty much what's gonna gotta happen here, guys. I really don't see the Vikings losing. I think the Bears are kind of gonna rest it up at this point because the Rams have basically already wrapped up home field advantage. I mean, the Rams, I, I just, I mean, the Rams could lose this game, but I just don't really see them losing at home versus the 49ers to bring it all in. If the Rams really lost this game, I think it'd be a big let, big, big, big letdown spot for them. They seem to find a run game with C.J. Anderson plugging him in there over Todd Gurley. Don't really see it happening, guys, but this Eagles team, guys, is really surprised me, really surprised me. They have a great defensive unit, but they just look better on offense with Nick Foles. I feel like Carson Wentz tried to do too much a little bit, and just the fact that Nick Foles just kind of plays everything out he lets them run the ball. He does those RPOs. I mean, you know, we heard Chris Collinsworth say it a thousand times, RPO, RPO, RPO. Well, Nick Foles is a beast at those RPOs. I think Doug Peterson just play, does a better job calling a more conservative game for him rather than with Carson Wentz. He just lets Carson go out there and do his thing. He controls the game, controls the tempo, controls the flow. I think they're personally are playing their better football with Foles in there, but I think if that we have healthy MVP-level Carson Wentz, I'll take him over Foles all day in that offense. But, I mean, guys, that was a crazy win for the Eagles. At home versus this on fire Texans team who are trying to wrap up a first round bye. I mean, just the fact that the Texans can they were able to come out and win that game. I mean, Deshaun Watson had some unbelievable plays like that third down where he threw it downfield 40 yards and broke like three tackles. I don't know how he did that, guys. That was crazy. Deshaun Watson's playing at that level too. I I'm still sticking with the Texans to go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC just because I picked them. Steelers are the team I want to see the least after this weekend. Steelers scare me the most. If they can get in the playoffs, I really think they can go to the Super Bowl. Are they going to get in the playoffs? I don't know. It's a tough one, guys. I mean, there's some crazy things that can happen in Week 17. I mean, Week 17, leave everything. You don't leave anything up to Week 17. Let's put it this way. Last year, last year we had the Seahawks playing the Cardinals, and we had what was it? The Bengals and the and the Ravens. Ravens lose. Seahawks lose. We have the playoff picture get completely flipped up. I could see some crazy things happen like this to get the Eagles back in the playoffs. But guys, the Eagles are on fire. I mean, shoot, I wouldn't want to see them in the playoffs. But at the same time, to say they can go into Chicago and get a victory, I think that's a little outlandish. Chicago's unreal. But we'll podcast later in the week, guys. We'll have Cohen on here, talk a little bit more about all this stuff. I mean, trust me, I'm definitely going to be coming to y'all again this week. I'm not done, though. I'm not. Trust me, I'm not done. But I'll have matchup podcast later for y'all on this week. And me and Cohen will talk about our playoff picture and all that stuff. But last game I want to talk about really here from the NFL Sunday slate is the, um, where's it at on here? Where's it at? I got to 
Here we go. The Ravens and Chargers, guys. That game, now was a game where I said the Ravens, I thought I had no chance. I thought Lamar Jackson was going to get shut down. But, guys, Lamar Jackson probably played his best game he's played yet in his biggest game. He threw for 204 yards, rushing the ball. He carried it 13 times for 39 yards. They did a decent job of containing him running the ball, but he was able to use his legs, get outside of the pocket, extend plays, find receivers downfield. He only had one passing touchdown, but... At the end of the day, they ran the ball for 159 yards, passed it for 204. The defense for Baltimore played well. I mean, we saw two defenses control games big, big this season. That is the Bears defense and the Ravens defense. These are the two best defensive units. These are the two teams that I probably, the Ravens and the Bears defense are probably the two defenses I want to see the least in the playoffs. The Steelers are the team I want to see the least in the playoffs. The defense is on fire. Big Ben's playing at MVP level. I do not want to see them, but... Guys, if this Ravens defense can keep playing like this and Lamar can take care of the ball, I think they could go really, really, really deep in the playoffs. I'm talking like potentially this team. I mean, this team is one of those Ravens teams. We've seen them make make runs deep in the playoffs before. To say they can't make it again, absolutely absurd. I mean, they shut down Phillip Rivers, 181 yards, two interceptions. I know they're playing at home. I know the Chargers have horrible home field advantage. They're 5-3 and three at home. They're better on the road, which might bode well better for them in the playoffs because odds are now they probably won't get that first round by. But... I mean, this is a game they dominated. The Ravens looked so good. I could not believe what I was watching on TV. And the 83 yard, or the, uh, how many yards was that pass? The 63 yard pass for the touchdown to Andrews tied in. And that play was crazy. I mean, every single thing that Lamar Jackson did looked great. He lost, he didn't have any turnovers. He had that one fumble. He was able to hop on top of it. I'm telling y'all, Lamar Jackson takes care of the football. The Ravens can make a deep, deep, deep run in the playoffs. Um, not going to lie, guys. Really excited for Week 17 in the NFL. It's been getting better and better to watch each week. So basically, since the Falcons got eliminated, it's been a lot easier on me to watch the watch the NFL season unfold and everything, having me getting as frustrated watching these games. But what I'm looking forward to tomorrow, guys, it's part of the podcast I've been looking forward to the most besides ranting for y'all about Russell Wilson. Y'all know I love Russ. That's my boy. Got Also, I got to pick Week 7 awards for y'all. I might wait till after Week 7. No, I'll probably do it in Week 17 podcast. Go ahead and give y'all my uh, awards for the end of the season. But we got to talk NBA Christmas Day here, guys. I mean, me and Cohen talked a little bit on the on the Association podcast, but I really, really, really want to talk week, talk about it tomorrow. First thing I got to say is, could the NBA have picked a more unwatchable team to play on Christmas Day than the Knicks? I mean, if you told me, Thomas, pick, give me your three most unwatchable teams in the NBA. You know who I would give you? Probably the Knicks. The Hawks would be up there. Yeah, you know what? Probably the Hawks. I'd probably say the Knicks, the Hawks, and... I don't know. Probably the Wizards. I mean, the Wizards are just a dumpster fire to watch. Or the Heat. I mean, I'd give you a team like that as your most unwatchable team in the league. I mean, the Knicks are absolutely horrible to watch play. At least the Hawks, you know, they're going to give up 120, 130 points to the other team they're playing. So you at least get to watch some buckets. But I mean, the Heat are going to play a nice little slow defensive game. The Knicks got nobody fun to watch. I mean, Porzingis is injured. They got nothing to watch. Look, I understand the NBA and all. New York's one of their biggest TV markets. New York's always going to have a Christmas Day game. But, like, can we please at least get some good games to watch? I don't want to watch the Knicks play basketball. That's just it's just terrible. It just hurts me to watch play, watch the Knicks play. I mean, Ennis Canner is your best player. You're telling me you want to watch an Ennis Canner-led team on Christmas Day? I mean, I'll, I'll be doing fan, stuff with the family during this one, but... I will say this, Giannis is going to be fun to watch. He's the human highlight reel. Y'all know I love to brag on Giannis. The Bucks, fun team to watch, 22-10, second-best team in the Eastern Conference. I think the, the spread on this one is Bucks minus 10. I think the Bucks blow them out in this one over under at 227. The only reason why I'm not automatically saying under is just because the Bucks they lead the league in points per game, also three-pointers made per game. So, I mean, the Bucks could probably cover the uh, two, the. 
27 side of that 200 on their own. Like, I could see the Bucks putting up 140 on him tomorrow. I could really see them. I feel like Giannis wants that extra spotlight, extra attention. He wants you at the halftime all the game. Well, guys, Giannis just dropped 35 points, and the, his team put up 140 points. That's what he wants you to hear on Christmas Day. I love whatever his player prop is tomorrow. I think he's going to absolutely go off. But overall, this game, there's not too much more to say. I mean, Ilya Sovel is going to be out. Malcolm Brogdon might play in this one. He rested on Saturday against Miami, so I mean, I feel like Sunday he'll probably be in for this game. He's had plenty of rest now. He should be nice and rested up, Malcolm, so that one will be fun to watch. The next big game on the slate is Thunder at Rockets. you got James Harden and um, Russell Westbrook, former teammates, going at each other. got Paul George averaging 26 points per game, having probably a career year for him. Top in the league in win share, top in the league in plus minus. I mean, Paul George, guys, he deserves a little bit more respect. Back-to-back 43-point games last week. i got to brag on him a little bit here. Paul George has been playing out of his mind, guys. Russell Westbrook leads the t- is averaging currently a triple-double once again. 20 points per game, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. I mean, Russell Westbrook, guys, real deal. This game's going to be fun to watch. Unfortunately, Chris Paul's not playing. I don't know if they'll play Austin Rivers or not. He got picked up the other day by the Rockets. I don't know if they'll try to rotate him in or not. I think this game, I think the over will hit in this game. I think it'll probably sit 221. I think this game will be a little high scoring, you know. I think that both the I think it'll be a good game to watch in general, guys, but I'm going to go Thunder or Thunder plus 1 in this game. I think the Rockets missing Chris Paul is going to hurt them a lot. I think James Harden though, is going to cook up for about 40, 45 points, take his player prop points over. I love that tomorrow for them. But, I mean, both these teams, guys, it's going to be a fun game to watch. The Rockets are hot. They're six out of their last four. They finally won a game without Chris Paul. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to come down to the wire. I think the Thunder are a little more deep than they are, especially without Chris Paul. I mean, you might see Gerald Green in the starting lineup. Gerald Green in the starting lineup, guys. So, I like Oklahoma City to win this one. That's gonna that's what I'm getting by the TV, guys. 3 o'clock ABC. That's my Christmas present right there. I can't wait to unwrap that one. 5.30, another great matchup on ABC. 76ers, Celtics. Line is Boston minus four. Currently, the inactives are obviously Markel Fultz and Zaire Smith. Wilson Chandler, I mean, he hadn't done anything all season long. I believe Horford is still not playing. Aaron Baines is listed as out currently. Let me look real quick for you all about Horford. But on this game, I think this game will be a tight game as well. I kind of like this, the points in the 76ers. Celtics are really good at home. At the same time, we haven't seen the Jimmy Butler 76ers play him yet. So I think this game's going to be fun to watch. Al Horford is in in this game, so everybody's in, ready to go. I think Embiid's going to be the one that really ball out in this game. I like his player prop over in points, whatever that's at. I think he's going to have one of those 35-20 and 20 games. I think Butler will also be feeling himself a little bit. Ben Simmons dishing the rock around. I mean, Kyrie Irving, you know he's going to be feeling it a little bit too, kind of like his player prop over in points. I just I, This game's going to be fun to watch, guys. I'm really excited for this one. we got two heavyweights in the Eastern Conference. The Celtics not really having the season they'd want to have. They've been hot, though, as of late. The Celtics team is heating up a little bit. Over their last uh, 10 games, they're 7-3. They just beat the Hornets on the second leg of that back-to-back. So, I mean... I'm I'm going I'm going with the points here. Give me Philly plus four in this one. Over under at two twenty three and a half. Probably stay away from that one. Don't really know what kind of game it's going to be. Although I think it'll be more high scoring. Celtics are really good at home, guys. That's the one thing that scares me though. Eight o'clock on ABC. Lakers Warriors. You got LeBron James. I mean, there's nothing like LeBron James going up against the best team in the league. It's how it is every single Christmas day. 
Fortunately, LeBron, I don't think your team's going to be enough for the Warriors. Warriors, I mean, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, we're going to watch both of them field themselves, heat up a little bit. It's going to be a fun, this game's going to be fun to watch, guys. The spread is at Warriors minus nine. I think it'll stay close, but I think in the fourth quarter, the, the Warriors will pull away on the Lakers a little bit. I think LeBron, though, will go for more of a scoring look rather than passing. LeBron leads his team in points, rebounds, and assists. Kevin Durant does the same thing for his team, too. So these guys are going to be all over the floor making tons of plays for both their teams. Also, Durant's stats are a little bit skewed just because Steph Curry's been out. Both teams at full force. I mean, what else can you ask for? Actually, JaVale McGee's out out for the um, Lakers still. Personally, I think they're better off with Tyson Chandler, who they rested last night solely, I think, so that they could get healthy for this Golden State game. Give me Golden State in this one, minus nine. I like the points. It's going to be another fun one to watch, guys. Last game of the day, though, get to watch my boy Dame Dalla and the Portland Trailblazers take on the Utah Jazz. I'm taking Portland plus six in this game. I think Portland wins this game outright. They're playing better basketball now, six and four. Jazz, five and five. Jazz are six, 16 and 18 on the season. You really don't know what you're going to get with them. They're six and seven at home. Blazers are six and nine away. I really think the Blazers can cover this spread, win this, possibly win this game outright. I think Dame and CJ are going to be feeling themselves. Donovan Mitchell is the reason why the Jazz haven't been good, as good this year. I don't think he pulls it out yet. The Jazz are more of a second-half team like we've seen the last couple years with them where they play a lot better in the second half of the season, not second half of the game. So... I'm going with the I'm going uh, Blazers in this game. I mean, it's gonna be another fun one to watch. You're gonna watch. Don't be surprised, guys. Joe Ingles player prop is my player prop for this game. Joe Ingles on ESPN, TNT, basically network television. Joe Ingles is a top 25 player in the league. Non-network television. Joe Ingles, different story, but network Joe, he's a beast. You've heard me and Cohen talk about it many times. It's gonna be a fun game to watch, guys. But overall. Really excited to watch all these games. I mean, NBA Christmas Day, what more can you ask for, guys? That's the real presence under the tree. Can't wait. It's going to be a fun one. Follow me on Twitter, guys, at Hot Takes with TP3. Um, get at me. Let me know what's going on. I'm on fire right now on NBA Picks. Um, hit some more maxes last night. Hit some the night before. I mean, really haven't been missing those. So watch out. I don't know what my max is going to be yet tomorrow. That was all kind of just a rough little thing. I just want to kind of give you all a nice little segment there where I can show my NBA some love. But I appreciate you all tuning in once again, guys. It's been great doing it. Merry Christmas to everyone out there. And I'll probably talk to you all again Thursday or Friday.